Good morning and welcome to Grace. I'm Pastor Ryan. Today we continue in our series addressing the subject of marriage under the authority of God's design through the redeeming work of Jesus. We will focus in on the husband's role of yielding his own life, priorities, and agenda for the sake of his wife. Thanks for joining us this morning as one of our elders, Phil Kedela, leads us through Ephesians 5 to help us see God's design for husbands to glorify God through sacrifice in marriage. Special welcome to our hunter friends who joined us today. Um, and I want to thank Chris especially for last week's message. Stepping up there and going to bat for uh, the women. Uh, it was it was a tough tough message. Uh, I know when, when <clears throat> Pastor Ryan gave us all the uh, different assignments that were available, we kind of paused all of us for a while, and Chris uh, Chris stepped up there and, and took the lead on that. So thank you, Chris, for uh, your message, and thank you thank you women for listening to him. It's uh, it's just the something that we all know that we need to follow, uh, submitting to our, our husbands. But uh, thank you for that. And now, guys, husbands, it's your turn for me to pick on you. <laughs> Hopefully, wives, I do a good, uh, good uh, do service for you all because, uh, as we know, it's, uh, it's just something that uh, we all need to follow God's design. As, uh, as we've been hearing all throughout the messages. Um, men, husbands, um, you've got quite a responsibility there. It's, uh, I, I believe, a good reason for the mess that the world is in now is because husbands have shrunk back from their responsibilities, their duties of being the, uh, the leader, being the, the shepherd in the family. Um, what does the shepherd do? As we know, the shepherd leads his flock, right? He's, he's out in front. He's uh, confronting the danger that, that's going to affect the, the, the sheep, the herd. Um, as the husbands, we are to be out in front. We are to be leading, uh, not running around on our own uh, in a back or gallivanting around doing our own thing. Uh, I mean, I can, I can attest to that. I did that for quite a while in, in our marriage. And, uh, I've got some experience and some stories, uh, some of them you're going to hear today. Um, we, know, uh, we know from the beginning of God's creation that he had set it up that way in marriage for a husband and wife, for Adam and Eve. Um, why, why the man was in charge, uh, you notice that uh, in our uh, reading of Genesis there. Um, who did God confront first? When Eve ate of the apple and gave it to Adam, God confronted the man because he is responsible. He is the one that is to be uh, accountable for the family, for all things. Um, one of the things I noticed in our Old Testament reading that Maury read was how Adam, you know, Adam's working a garden. He's, uh, you know, digging up for planting seed, hauling the seed, hauling water, um, if he's got anything like the soil around here, he's really working hard because of the rocks and such. But uh, um, God says uh, in verse 20 of what we read, but for Adam, no suitable helper was found. 
no suitable helper. What, so what does God do? He gives man a woman. Instead of a suitable helper for tilling the garden and doing all that, you'd think it'd be another man, right? No. He gives him a woman. God knew what was going to be a suitable helper for the man was a woman. And as we, uh, as we know, he took the woman from the side of Adam, his rib. It wasn't uh, from any part behind or below or anything. It was alongside men. So our wives are to be alongside us, not a second, not behind, not uh, apart from us. To be one flesh. God knows what we need. And, he, and that applies to single Christian men and women also. Proverb, Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 tells us to trust God. Don't lean on your own understanding. And when we submit, there's that word again, submit. When we submit, he'll make our paths straight. God will show us where and how to get where we, when we look to him. So I'm looking back at what Pastor Ryan and Chris mentioned in their messages about uh, our marriage series. It's to be grounded in him. And they both mentioned these three keys to marriage. And forgive me for not having them in our sermon notes because uh, these are key. These are, these are big. They both emphasize how it's God's design and it's under Christ's authority and we're empowered by the Holy Spirit. God's design, Christ's authority, and the power comes from the Holy Spirit. Both Ryan and, <clears throat> and Chris mentioned these three foundations in their talks and their messages. Ryan's message for initiating this series on marriage was based on the truth that it is God's design. And Chris talked about it being God's design during his fifth observation point when he said Jesus leads wives in submission by modeling headship of the church. I think at certain times uh, of our marriage, both men, both men and women have a tough time remembering this truth. We forget when we get caught up in our daily walk, in our daily lives, in the world we raise, that it's God's design. Concerning Jesus' authority, Ryan mentioned Men and women alike, our motivation to follow God's design must be a personal yielding to his power, rule, and authority of Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for us, so why wouldn't we yield to his authority? Chris related to this authority in the scripture of Ephesians 5.23 where it says, as Christ is the head of the church, that's to say we are under Jesus' authority, and last, but certainly not least, um, that um, Keith Green song we sang in the beginning, thank you, God our Father, for giving us your Son and leaving us your Holy Spirit. Certainly, but not least, we can't do anything without the Holy Spirit. Everything we do, we need his power, men and women. Ryan mentioned how following God's design in marriage is evidence of the spirit-filled Christian. And also how, just like a car needs gas every day to run, we need 
we need the Spirit. We need His power every day to get do what we need to do to go through our everyday lives. We need that Holy Spirit. Chris mentioned how it is impossible without the Holy Spirit to submit to your husband and have him as number two in your life and God as number one. That's true in our marriages or anything that we try to do for God. I got 31 years of experience of trying to do it my way and I'm telling you, it don't work. <laughs> it's just not, uh, it's not, it's not going to work. I can tell you that. I, but now, um, I could tell you story and story of how we, me and Peggy, have gone before God called out on the Holy Spirit's power and how it has strengthened us, guided us, led us throughout our lives, throughout our marriage. We have evidence of God's faithfulness and the truth of his word as we follow his lead in our marriage. And I hope and pray you and your marriages have evidence. You've been able to see how he's led and guided you as you have called out to him for help. Praise God, yes. Amen. So let's read Ephesians 5. Verses 25 through 27. Ephesians 5, 25 through 27. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the, through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. So remember, husbands, all of this starts in verse 21, where we're told to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, out of what he's done for us. He laid down his life for us, right? How can we do anything else but follow him? So, on our first observation, Christ-like love for your wife means sacrifice. Christ-like love for your wife means sacrifice. We see that in verse 25 of Ephesians 5 where it says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Jesus gave up his life for us us sinners, and even his enemies. He knew what was going to happen to himself, and yet he did it. He knew when he was in heaven, and he came down, but he knew, he knew what was going to happen. He knew he was going to experience human life and human death. He knew all of that. He knew how it was going to happen, and yet he still came down for us, sacrificed. And what do we hear in our New Testament reading in Philippians 2? Our attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing. Husbands, give, up, give yourself up for your wife, for your marriage. It's, <laughs> it's going to be better, I can guarantee you. Hebrews 9 Chapter 12, verses 12 through 14. 
didn't write it down. I wanted to read it right out of our word. Hebrews 9, chapter 12, verses 12 through 14. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, how much more will it cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? Jesus didn't obtain his high priest status by the blood of sacrificing bulls and goats. That was an outward act. He did it by, by sacrificing his own blood. How much more then should we husbands serve the living God by living by his design and sacrifice our lives for our wives and not with outward acts of love, but by true inward love? Going to work, putting a roof over our head, providing food on a table or a car that's able to run without breaking down the road. These are all outward acts of love, and, and they are necessary, but they're outward acts of love. Husbands, get to know your wife, really know her, and give up yourself to her just as Christ gave himself for the church. When you give up yourself for your wife, when you consider her needs first and you see the joy it brings her, you will feel her joy, which is a deeper and richer joy than anything you could yourself attain. Try it. It's, uh, it's something else. I got to tell this <clears throat> story about sacrifice. Um, it's, it's relatable, but... Um, there was a young man from Crystal Falls, Clark Schwedler, wanted, <clears throat> wanted to be a Navy SEAL, joined uh, and was in service when 9-11 happened. Um, Trying to make the story short, he, he was uh, deployed in uh, Iran and um, they were sent to uh, get these bad guys that had taken down a couple of helicopters of the Americans and killed them. So they were uh, deployed to this compound. And in the compound, <clears throat> there was a building in it, and they knew the bad guys were in this building, but also in that building were women and children. And because of the women and children in there, they had to maneuver around in order to get at the bad guys. And subsequently from that moving where they had uh, gone around to, Clark was shot and killed. He, uh, he gave the ultimate sacrifice for women and children, people he didn't even know. Um, that, that in itself, to me, is just a, a great example of a sacrifice where you don't know anyone, you don't know who it is that you're, uh, you're giving up. And yet in our marriages, we know it's our wives, right? <laughs> our wives that we're, uh, we've been with forever. John 15, 13 
tells us, greater love has no man than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. In Romans 5, verses 6 through 8, Romans 5, 6 through 8, reads, you see at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Guys, husbands, we're talking about sacrifice for our wives. You're not a friend, certainly not someone ungodly or a good person, but we're talking about our wives. Our second observation, second observation is Christ-like love for your wife directs you to make her holy and it changes her. Christ-like love for your wife directs you to make her holy and it changes her. And a little secret, guys, is going to change you too. We see that in verse 26 where it says to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word. Just as Christ sacrificed himself for us because of his love for us, this love was directed towards us in order to make his people, his church, different from the world. He set us apart for his purpose and God's design. I can tell you with certainty that when I came back from my weekend of change down at Marygrove, a lot of you guys know that, where I met Jesus as he came into my life, where the Holy Spirit came into my life, I saw how I had not set my wife apart. I had not made her the love of my life. My love for her, which was worldly on Thursday, was Christ-like love by Sunday. Godly love. And that Christ-like love made me realize our marriage was from God and I needed to get our marriage right. Right with God and right with her. With Peggy. As, as she saw that I had changed from my old ways and that I was trusting God, she began to trust me and her attitude changed. It changed about me, but more importantly, she saw God working in our marriage and it drew her closer to Christ. Chris mentioned this verse last week, 1 Peter 3, verse 1. Wives, in the same way, be submissive to your husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over without words, without words by the behavior of their wives. So I got, a, <clears throat> I got another quick story. I got a lot of stories today. <laughs> I remember, <clears throat> I remember something that my wife did that ultimately led me to Christ. One of, was, one, was one of the things that ultimately <clears throat> led me to Christ. After a disagreement um, where she brought up something that I did wrong. I know, I'm, I'm sure I did it wrong. <laughs> but I wouldn't admit it, you know. So I got angry and I was uh, speaking loudly and 
in anger to her. And typically, she would have responded back in anger or, or arguing. And she didn't. And I remember that to this day, I thought. Wait a minute. She didn't, you know, she didn't speak back. She didn't speak back in anger. And it, that was one of the things that ultimately led me to Christ because she did as the Bible said. She, uh, she showed Christ-likeness without words by your behavior. Our third observation. Christ-like love for your wife shows the infinite value of her. The infinite value of her. We see that in verse 27 where it says, radiant, without stain or wrinkle, or any other blemish. For the first 31 years of our 48 years of marriage, I wasn't there for my wife, for my wife. I was there in physical presence, but I wasn't there for her needs and her interests. But I can tell you what, these last 17 years, it's a marriage like it's designed by God. Praise God. It's been beyond special. They have been what I know is what God wants in marriage. The words I spoke long ago have real meaning to me now. To have and to hold from this day forward for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer guys. <laughs> in sickness and in health, till death do we part. We heard in Philippians 2 about looking out for the interests of others, not just our own. I now put her interests, her interests ahead of mine. But not to where I set aside godly principles, of course. I value her joy above mine, her desires above mine. Not all the time, mind you, because I am human. But as I remember what Jesus did for me, the value he placed on my life by giving of his own, this spurs me on to the putting my wife and her desires above mine. Another story. Another story of my wife's obedience to God, of her being blameless and of her radiant subordination. <laughs> Anyone remember that? I know I heard a few comments before uh, from Ryan. Radiant subordination. To me, and more so, her radiant subordination to God. Um, we both would like to live in a quieter place. Um, we've got the highway and the street by our house, and it's noisy, and just, uh, I don't know, as you get older, I guess you, you don't put up with it as much. <laughs> but uh, we've, uh, we've been looking for different places, uh, and uh, there was one that was on a dead end street, ticked all the boxes of what we would have wanted, and uh, so, as, as always, uh, when something like that is a huge decision, uh, you know, we go to Christ in prayer. Um, Peggy wanted to pull the trigger on the place, but I, I just wasn't sure. And mainly because from my past experiences, when I had to make the decision, you know, I'd, I would want a definite, clear answer from God. And I... Every time I have asked, I've received one. So I knew. Uh, I hadn't heard anything yet, 
I took it to the end, but I hadn't heard anything. So unbeknownst to me, Peggy had done the same thing in her prayers, earnestly in her prayers. She had taken it to the Lord and asked about the place. And his response was a distinct, clear, don't, don't. I have something better for you. There was our answer, even though it wasn't what she wanted to hear. My Christ-like love for her by being obedient to him showed her the value I had for her. I remember we had some serious discussions on that, conversations about why we don't go ahead and buy the place. And I told her the main reason was because I hadn't heard from God to do it distinctly. This had resulted in her going to him in earnest prayer in hearing from him and obeying his answer. She saw the value I had put on her and she doesn't have the blemish of not listening to God. She is blameless before him on this, regarding this. And you know what? It's been a pretty great story for her to tell unbelievers and family and friends of Christ-likeness. So applications. Guys, how do we do this? How do we love our wives as Christ loved the church? First off, um, first application I had was there are two ways. There's God's way or all the other ways. As I mentioned, I've tried this in the world, the worldly ways for 31 years, and it doesn't work. Pretty plain and simple, guys, if you follow God's design, if you put it into practice, put it into practice, really put it into practice in your everyday life, every day of your marriage, you'll see the fruit of the vine of Jesus' sacrifice for us. Secondly, build your marriage on Christ. Build your marriage on Christ. We've heard this from both Chris and Ryan. And it's something that uh, you just can't, I mean, that's what it's all about. Chris mentioned it, and Ryan did, and I don't think we can say it about it enough. Remember to honor the one to whom you are under authority to because of what he did for you on the cross. I remember the sacrifice that Clark Schredler gave, but I lived for the one who gave himself up for me and because of my sins. And I surely don't deserve that. So build your, build your marriage on Christ. And lastly, do the uncommon. Kind of a weird one, I guess, you might think about. Do the uncommon. But yet, when you look in the Bible, and if you've, uh, if you've gotten the Lord in prayer, a lot of times the answers he gives is uncommon, right? Dying on a cross for your sins when, when the Jews are expecting uh, a great ruler to come and take over the Romans and knock them out, basically. No, he came for us, for our eternal lives. Do the uncommon. Some of the ones that, that uh, I've, uh, I've done, if you've never prayed with your wife, Together, pray with your wife. Together at bedtime, 
when, when there's a major uh, decision, when there's a major thing going on in your family. Pray with her. Hold hand with her in public. How about that one? Showing how much you care for her. Putting your arm around her in church during a, during a, sermon, during a sermon, or a, a hymn, I'm sorry, during the hymn. Okay, here's a couple of ones that are probably a little bit tougher, guys. But don't get angry and argue with your wife about money, and don't get angry and argue with your wife about who's right. She's always right, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's easy one there. But seriously, in James 1.19, it tells us to be slow to speak and quick to listen. Don't respond to anger with anger. And in Proverbs 15.1, it says, A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Communicate in calm words. Or if you're like me, maybe you got to go for a walk. Burn some of that off. And as you're walking, you're asking God for the right words to say. Here's another one that uh, a little bit uncommon. When you meet someone on, on the street or in the mall, introduce your wife. I am good for not doing that. I'm learning. But yeah, introduce her. Don't forget, she's there. One other thing, if uh, Peggy's gone to Green Bay to visit our daughter a lot of times, and when she comes back, I make sure the kitchen is like she left it, spotless, clean. There's not dirty dishes and pans all over the place, guys. Make sure it's cleaned up. She appreciates that. Those small things go a long ways, I guarantee you. If it pleases her, it pleases me, right? If mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. Isn't that the same? <laughs> it's true. Make her feel special, set apart, like she's the only one in the room at an event where there's a lot of people. And how about taking her to a weekend to remember marriage conference in Africa? As it says on a flyer, it's a getaway that has equipped over 1.5 million couples with practical tools and resources. Don't just survive, have your marriage thrive. I like that. We went to one back in 2013, and I can tell you, well, no, I shouldn't tell you because I'm going to be giving away stuff, but there's some, uh, <clears throat> some projects that you do during it that... Uh, Dig deep into your marriage, revealing uh, different things that you uh, might not know or might not have realized. And you might meet some uh, pretty great friends down there. When we were down there, we ran into Mark and Grace Flunker. We had a great time. So, husbands, don't drop the ball on this. Carry it through. One last story. Last weekend there was a football game for all you football buffs. College game. Washington playing someone else, I can't remember who. 
guy from Washington inter intercepted the ball. Ran it back 75 miles, or 75 miles, yeah, 75 yards. <laughs> you know, missing tackles, going all over. And in the last five yards or so, he was by himself. And before he crossed the goal line, he dropped the ball. <laughs> he didn't get the touchdown. Guys, don't drop the ball. Carry it through all the way. It's going to work. This game plan will work, I guarantee you. Will you close with me in prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for Jesus, as we say. Lord, we do need the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, in our day-to-day -day lives, in our marriages, just in our daily walk as being Christians and in women alike, Lord. We need to submit to you. May we remember, may we call out to you as we do require you every day to lead us and guide us. Thank you for, oh, for the marriage that you have uh, created for each one of us and just for creating us to be your people, your church, Lord, doing your work, either as married couples or as single men and women, Lord. We ask for your help and guidance we just thank you again for all your blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you.